Matthew chapter 14. So I've received some feedback. Um, by the way, I, I said it Sunday morning. Thanks again to uh, Pastor Marcos for filling, uh, preaching, bringing the word on uh, last Wednesday evening. So I know you guys were blessed by that. So um, if you recall, so it would have been Wednesday two weeks ago. Uh, we went to Matthew chapter 14, but I did something different then, and I'm going to continue with that um, tonight. Um, and uh, I was kind of just showing you a little bit how um, the Lord has taught me to meditate on the Word. We said that if you want to train the, the ear of your spirit to hear God when He speaks to you, um, the best way is to start by hearing Him and what He's already said to you in His Word, what it, the written Word of God. And when you you know have a portion of Scripture, obviously read the Bible um, study the Bible, uh, memorize the Bible. All, all of these things are, are very, very important. But where I feel like the, the, I've learned the most, um, the most impactful things in my life is, has been in times of meditating on the Scriptures. Because that's, that's when the Holy Spirit uh, is able to, to take uh, you know, the Word of God and, and really begin to help you connect with it on a, on a personal level. Um, perhaps you do like a, a reading plan. Um, there's, there's different ones. Uh, you can read through the Bible in a year or longer than that or shorter than that or what have you. And those, those are great things to do. Don't misunderstand me. But if you're like me, sometimes you're, you, know, you get behind a few days and so you're just kind of power reading through it. Again, honor that commitment that you've made. Do that. I'm by no means telling you to not do it. Please absolutely do that, okay? But it's when you kind of settle yourself down with a, a verse or a few verses and you really begin to meditate on it and, and you really begin what I call this internal dialogue with the Holy Spirit where you begin to ask Him just simple questions about that passage. You know, what does this mean? Um, what are you trying to say to me about this? Um, what am I missing here? Uh, if it's a passage you're familiar with, maybe you've memorized, um, you know, ask him you know, to show you something that you've never seen or never understood about that verse before. And just you know, real still, real quiet. As I said before, I used to do this with a pen and paper. Then I went to a little small mini cassette recorder. Uh, now with technology, you can dictate into a phone and it'll type it out for you. Uh, but I would encourage you that as you do that, get still and then the things that you begin to hear uh, on the inside, that still small voice on the inside, begin to write those things down. Um, most of it will be the Holy Spirit. Some of it will not be, okay? Um, but that's how you're training that inward ear, uh, that still small voice, uh, to, to, to recognize and, and hear Him. Now, this is a, a, a side note. I'm not here to teach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But the other thing alongside what I'm explaining to you now that's, that's really helped me in that area is to pray in the Spirit. And what I've learned is that place inside of me where tongues come from, unknown tongues come from, that's that same spot where the Holy Spirit, that still small voice, it's, it's not in my head, it's, it's, it's in my belly, it's in, it's in that inward part, as the Bible says. Um, and, and that too will help you readily recognize when the Holy Spirit um, is, is speaking to you and, and, is, and is wanting to say some things to you. So um, I want to just read the the text tonight and um what i have here and we're not going to get to um anywhere near all of this um i've, I've got about 10 pages uh, of things and some of it's just in the form of questions you know that i had 
as I was meditating on these things and, and, and some of the, the, the things the Holy Spirit, I think, has revealed to me um, about this, okay? So the, the title is not, okay, and, and so it won't be titled, Why Did You Doubt?, but it's part of, 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 of that a series of messages um, that we've been looking at, okay? So uh, verse um, 25, it says, Now on the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, I'm sorry, did I tell you Matthew 14? I apologize. Matthew 14 and 25. It says, Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that um, the wind was boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. So true to what we see in other places in the ministry of Jesus, remember Jesus came to, uh, to bring salvation to all mankind, but he also came to, uh, to make disciples. He commissioned you and me to make disciples. And so, you know, in the earthly ministry of Jesus, uh, we see him perform miracles and do supernatural things, but then we also see him include uh, those around him in that uh, he invited them he welcomed them into casting out demons he 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 taught them and instructed them to go and 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 heal the sick uh, he um, as we've said before the the miracle of feeding all the people with a little boy's uh, lunch that miracle took place in the disciples hands because Jesus divided that among the 12 disciples and then they went and fed the thousands of people uh, with the, the, the piece of fish and bread that never ran out in their hands. And, and so even in this instance where Jesus is walking on the water, uh, Peter says, if it is you, command me to come. And Peter says, it's me, come. And so even in something of this magnitude, something uh, of this scope and degree, uh, we, we see that Jesus is, is encouraging, welcoming, inviting uh, the people that he's trying to teach and train and reproduce himself into uh, to come and, and do it with him. Uh, in other words, I know this was not the case, but can you imagine Jesus saying, oh, no, no, slow your roll, Peter. This, this is just for me. This is off. No, no, that's not what he said. He's like, look, if, if, if I'm doing it, then, then, then you can do it. And so when I, when I talk about you know, meditating on this, that, that's a part of this that, that has always just amazed me, fascinated me, interested me um, about Jesus and, and about uh, his earthly ministry. And, of course, we see at the end of it where Jesus asked this question, why did you doubt? And we spent some time on that. But we said that, that this is such an amazing uh, example for us because we see faith producing a result we see doubt enter in and and how the doubt began to cancel out and negate the results that faith was previously producing now i'm just going to kind of start at the top of this and work my way through 
uh, as much of it, and I'm, I'm going to try to just take my time and not get in, in a big rush. There are some things I would really hope that we can get to tonight, but if we don't, we'll be fine with that, right? So <clears throat> when we, we look at this, you know, the first questions, and it's an obvious answer, okay, but, you know, did, did Peter have faith? Um, and and I, he's like, well, of course he had faith, uh, Pastor Mark. Why, why are you asking that question? Well, um, in other words, was it really faith that enabled him to do this? Or was this just some really special moment in time where Jesus was, you know, wanting to impress them and ultimately down the, you know, eons of time, you and me, and, um, and it just kind of got caught up in the moment and, you know, Peter, come on out here. In, in other words, was Peter walking on the water because of some miracle that Jesus was performing that enabled him to do it, or was it actually faith in Peter's heart that enabled Peter to walk on the water? And I think it's important for us to recognize that Peter walked on the water because Peter had faith. It was Peter's faith that enabled him to walk on the water because when that faith began to disintegrate under him, he got distracted, he got focused on other things, doubt came into his heart, as, again, the question that Jesus asked is, is important because it identifies to us not just that it was Peter's faith that enabled him to walk on the water, but it was Peter's faith uh, it, that was undermined by doubt uh, and, and ultimately caused him to also sink. So Peter had faith, and obviously Peter had enough faith to walk on water. So we've already covered this before. I just mentioned it again tonight for those who may be watching online new to the study. It wasn't so much little faith on Peter's part as it was brief faith. He had a burst of faith um, that he did not sustain over a long period of time. So I don't think it's, it's accurate or fair. And, and again, it's the translation. The word translated little here could have also been translated brief. I believe what Jesus said to him was you had brief faith uh, why did you doubt? Because if you hadn't have doubted, you could still uh, be walking on the water. But let me, um, and so as is the case, I, I've kind of got two things going parallel tonight. Um, so a lot of times when I'm meditating on the Word, and I'm sure it's the case with you, and you're, you're asking these questions, the Holy Spirit will remind you uh, of, of other verses that are related or connected to the thing that you're thinking about, that you're meditating on, that you're wanting Him to teach you about, okay? And so the Holy Spirit prompted me, um, uh, the verse in, in James, uh, and it's James chapter 2 and verse 18. Now, a lot of times, listen to me, you do whatever uh, suits you, um, but I don't always stop and take the time to find the address of the Scripture, right? I'll just write it down or dictate it or, or, or what have you, because obviously the Holy Spirit is reminding me of something James said that relates to this, but I'm more interested in what he's got to say next instead of, you know, trying to find exactly in James where it says that. Now, there's other times where I feel like I need to go to James and, you know, actually find the verse and look at it. It's not like the Holy Spirit, you know, is going, okay, well, if you want to do that, I'll just go to somebody else. No, he, you know, he's going to stay right there with you. But in this case, I just, you know, dictated, jotted down, and then, you know, went back. And so the verse is James chapter 2 and verse 18. James chapter 2 and verse 18. So we're, we're kind of, again, we're meditating on this idea that it was Peter's faith that enabled Peter to walk on the water. Remember, Jesus said the woman to, that touched the hem of his garment, your faith made you whole. 
It was her faith that made her whole. And it was Peter's faith that enabled Peter to walk on the water. So Peter had faith. Um, and, and how much faith did he have? He had enough faith uh, to walk on water. And James 2.18 says this, But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Okay? So, again, I think we can put this to, to rest. Um, Peter had faith. He had enough faith to walk on water. How do we know Peter had enough faith to walk on water? Because he walked on water. <laughs> you know, I mean, we see his faith by what his faith uh, produced and uh, what his faith accomplished um, in his life. Now, I'm, I'm very, I want to, there's two roads we could go down right now, all right? Um, and they're both related, so I'm getting way ahead of myself, but let me just, we got here two weeks ago, and I'm, I'm going to just mention it again, all right? And, and, and that is that Peter had the faith that he needed to walk on water before he ever got out of the boat and did it. Peter still had the faith that he needed to walk on water even when he was sinking. It's just that the doubt came in and, and kind of overshadowed or overrode his faith. Um, and, and, and that to me is, if, if there's one thing in all these ten pages that I feel like stands out to me, um, you know, as, as far as the top five things that I believe the Holy Spirit is, is trying to show me and wants me to pass along uh, to, to us and to others is, is that Peter had the faith to do it even if he had never done it. In other words, Jesus didn't say, you'll do the works that I do one day after you graduate seminary and, and after you've paid your dues and after you've this and after you've that, right? Um, every born-again believer has the capacity to, to do the works that Jesus did and even greater works. Jesus said that we would do what he did and even greater works because he went to his Father, not because we have a Ph.D. in biblical theology. I'm not knocking a Ph.D. in biblical theology. I'm just saying that you know every born-again believer, remember Jesus said, those who believe will cast out devils. Those who believe will speak with new tongues. Those who believe, amen, uh, will lay their hands on the sick and the sick will recover. Uh, and so that, you know, that could be somebody. And in Jesus' day, there were more people, certainly than in our day, people who couldn't necessarily read or write that had zero, especially formal education, but again, Jesus is talking about a condition that, that he has made possible on the inside of those men and women, all right? So again, how do we know for sure that Peter, that Peter had faith to walk on water? It's not a trick question. We know he truly believed he could do it because he did. We know that he truly believed he could because he did. Now, in the course of just kind of going through all this, I'm like, okay, so it was Peter's, it was Peter's faith um, that that enabled him to do that. So the next question, and I'm just, again, it's like, okay, well, how did Peter get that kind of faith? I mean, how, how is it that Peter, um, he's not even born again yet. Um, I wish I knew him more. I wish I could talk to him. You know, you, you know it's like, it's like where, where did Peter, uh, you know, come to this place in the development of his faith where he was able to walk on water. Now, this is what I believe the Holy Spirit said to me. He said, Peter got his faith the same place everyone else gets theirs. It's a gift given to every man by God. 
So now I'm like, okay, because see, and it's amazing how the Holy Spirit will kind of help keep you because now I'm going down this tangent about, you know, what did Peter do? How did he become so strong in faith? What, what regimen did he commit himself to? How many times did he read the Torah? Could he quote it? You know, what, what, what did Peter do to become so highly developed in faith? Where did he get this kind of faith to be able to walk on water? And, and the Holy Spirit says Peter got the faith um, to walk on water the same place everybody gets their faith. Now, the passage that goes along with this is Romans 12 and 3. For I say, Romans 12 and 3 says this, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, salvation-minded. That word soberly, soteria, soterion is talking, it's a, it's a salvation word, soberly. It doesn't just mean uh, to think without the presence of alcohol or, or <laughs> you know, we, in our day and age, we hear sober and we think somebody that can pass a drug test or whatever. That's not what he's talking about here. He's, he's talking about having uh, the mindset of someone who's been born again, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. That's Romans 12 and 3. So God has dealt to every man, every, every human being, every... I know the Bible doesn't say this, but I believe it's a baby gift. I believe it's something that Father gives to every human being that's born into the world. Um, he, he gives it to them either in the womb or, of course, we know that grace and purpose was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. But he has given to, to every man, dealt is the word that's used here, dealt to every man the measure of faith. Okay? So... Peter got his faith the same way and from the same place that every other human being got theirs. And, and Jesus, because he was born you know, and became a man, uh, he also was given the measure of faith. He was given the measure of faith. Now, at this point, I feel like the Holy Spirit is... Is, is breathing on or emphasizing um, this passage in Romans 12 and 3. So I, I really begin to kind of think about it. Now this is a verse, I'm not bragging or anything, this is a verse that we refer to often. I know where it is, I memorize it, that sort of thing. And so, you know, there's different pieces and parts of this that we've preached about and preached from um, over the years. But the part that I believe, again, the Holy Spirit was, was pointing out to me that I had never really thought of in this way before is that faith is a substance that can be measured. Faith, now it's a spiritual substance, but it's, it's a substance nonetheless. Now, now follow me because we, we might start picking up a little speed right here, but, but faith is a spiritual substance that can be measured. For example, you can measure a cup of sugar. You can measure a quart of oil. Matthew can not only measure how much electricity one of these lights are using, he can tell you how much it's going to cost to burn it over the course of a year. It's something that can be measured. Wattage can be measured. Amen. And so faith then is a substance that can be measured. Now, why is that important? I think it's important because, again, I believe the Holy Spirit prompted me that most people think of faith in terms of a theory or a philosophy, something that exists primarily in the mind. 
Thoughts and thinking are key factors in the overall operation of faith, but faith is first and foremost a spiritual substance. Something that can not only be measured, but something that can be dealt. Right? Now, think for, for a moment, like, um, you know, back in your school days, you know, you got the, and for us it was a green section off tray, and we went through the line, and, and they gave us a measure of, of instant mashed potatoes with an ice cream scoop. You know, I can still hear the sound that scoop made, you know, and you, you kind of got that, you know, perfectly domed uh, serving of mashed potatoes. In other words, it was, it was measured out, it was dealt I mean, they were pizza dealers. You know what I'm saying? They're dealing out the little rectangular pizzas. I got tickled at, uh, he won't mind me saying it, I know we're online, but Wes Johnson, you know, he's like, I finally found me another source for, for uh, lunchroom pizzas. You know, he, he loves pizza of all kinds. And, and those little square pizzas from his lunchroom days, you know, uh, someplace over in midfield, he goes and gets them, right? And so, and so you know, when I think of, of, of God dealing out the measure of faith, I think of him literally dealing to each person a portion. And this word um, dealt here, this word dealt here means given or distributed, but it can also mean shared. It can also mean shared, all right? And I like the idea of it being shared, okay? Now, praise God. So, <clears throat> faith then is a substance. Well, I, let me go back to let me go back to this. All right, because this is another key point here. This is another key point here. We often think of faith in terms of a theory or a philosophy existing in the mind. Now. What we know about spiritual things is that spiritual things are real. Spiritual things of, are, 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 are substantial. They're just, of, uh, they're just of a different type of substance than what we know of as being physical matter. And we're right about this. You ever walked in the room and felt the, 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 the weight of, of strife in a room? It's very real. Now, you know, that's, that's not necessarily something that, um, that you can put on a, uh, like a scale that you would you know, weigh vegetables on, but it's, it's something that is not physical in, in, in you know, matter, like we think of something we can, you know, pick up and touch and hold, but there's, there is still a substance to that, okay? And, and so we've got to, thank you, Holy Spirit, so we, we, we got to go from this idea of faith as being just something that, that, that is a part of the mind, um, you know, thinking and how and, and thoughts and and that and the mind, the soul, it's it, you know in general, is a key key piece of how faith operates in our lives. But faith, again, let me read it to you again. Um, we often think of faith in terms of a theory or a philosophy existing in the mind. Thoughts and thinking are key factors in the overall operation of faith. But faith is. First and foremost, a spiritual substance. Now, we talk about these things all the time around here at Heritage, but remember, you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Not will be, have been. Okay, So, faith is about 
taking something that exists in the realm of the spirit and bringing it, bringing it forth into uh, you know, the, the, the physical reality. So when we talk then even about faith itself, we have to understand that, that in our spirit, because you are a spirit, you possess a soul, and, and all that lives inside of, contained within a physical body, somewhere in your spirit there is a scoop of faith. There, there is a scoop of the spiritual substance that we call faith. Now, the Holy Spirit's never said it to me this way, but I, I, I like this. I really like this, okay? He said, faith is a substance that can be measured, and it is capable of releasing a spiritual force greater than any force of nature or darkness. Faith is a substance that can be measured and it is capable of releasing a spiritual force greater than any force of nature. Do do we see Jesus use faith to overcome the forces of nature? Yes, He did. But He didn't just do it to impress us. He did it to demonstrate for you and me what the measure of faith we've been given will also accomplish. So it's this measure of the, it's a measure of this substance that has been shared, that has been shared. Um, COVID has affected a lot of things, and one of the things that that COVID has affected is um, what I'm going to be real technical about, and, and he's fine, okay, what, I, what I'm going to call the, the sociological development of my two-year-old grandson. Okay. In other words, there, there are children his age or around his age that come to Heritage that you know, would be in the nursery, but, and it, we respect that. that you know, those families have chosen right now to, to just participate online. Um, and so many, 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 many services. Um, you know, Oliver will be the only kid uh, in the nursery, Bethany had even last summer signed him up for music camp, and all all that stuff was 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 canceled, and uh, and so obviously you know teaching him to share, but it's not the same to teach him to share his ice cream with Granddaddy as it is to teach him to share his ice cream with a kid his age. Well, you remember when Pastor Samuel was here uh, at Christmas, and uh, Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. Oliver was so excited he had you know Samuel's little little girl was in the nursery and um so oliver you know he's trying to like share with her but you know his version of sharing was her doing and playing with what he wanted to do and play with and he wanted to play with the ball she wanted to play with something else and of course you know kids are territorial and so because he plays back there primarily by himself i think in his little almost two-year-old mind in those days you know it was like what these are kind of my toys, my stuff, you know, and um, and she's, if, of course, she's precious, his his little girl, but you know, she is very forward, you know, and she's like, amen. She wasn't bashful at all, and um, and so again, Oliver learning to share. How many of you know learning to share is a good thing, right? So in the middle of his kind of trying to process all of that, he looked up at Bethany and he said, "Mommy." 
I'm having big feelings right now. I am big feelings. I'm like, where? I, I don't know of any member of our family that has ever said that, right? But he said, I'm having big feelings. And was, what is it? He, he's getting emotional about his sharing, all right? Well, how many of you know that our Heavenly Father is a great sharer? He, he is an excellent sharer, amen? Praise God. He shares. He loves to share. And one of the things that he has shared with you and me is the measure of faith. Now, we see in Mark 11 where Jesus says, have the faith of God. One translation literally translates that, have the God kind of faith. So when Jesus is encouraging his disciples to operate by faith, by the way, the measure of faith that he's already given to them, that his Father in heaven has already given to each of them, and he encourages them, look, you're doubting, you need, to, you need to have faith, you need to be in faith. He's saying have the God kind of faith. So what am I telling you tonight? I'm telling you that I believe that the measure of faith that we've been given is Father God's faith that he has shared a portion of it with you. Okay? So notice now how we're, we're, we're digging into these things and, and we're meditating on these things and the Holy Spirit is beginning to reveal these things to us. Now, who, who remembers, uh, uh, I know you remember Shakespeare, but um, it, it probably lots of famous quotes from Shakespeare, but I think maybe the most popular, uh, the most memorable quote uh, from Shakespeare, at least for me, um, is the quote, a rose by any other name would still smell as sweet. Yes, anybody? Yes, okay. A rose by any other name. So, you know, when, when we say rose, we don't see the letters R-O-S-E. Um, we see a flower. If you're like me, more than likely you see a red rose, unless another color happens to be your favorite. And then we also have some sense even it's like you can almost smell it right but you know if we called uh this red fragrant fragrant flower that's so beautiful um it, it, if we called it something else you know if we assembled four other uh letters uh together okay um uh, P-I-T-H, pith, you know, I'm just coming up off the top of my head with something, right? Uh, the rose would still look like it looks, it would still be what it is, it would still smell like it smells, it, it would just be called by something else. Are you with me? Okay. Now, what I believe the enemy has tried to do to the body of Christ, because faith, right, faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Faith, faith is how we destroy the works of the devil, uh, when we're operating in faith, we're operating uh, with, with the devil under our feet, um, and there's nothing he can, he can do about that. So uh, a, a child of God operating in faith is a serious, serious threat uh, you know, to the enemy, to, to, to the devil. And so he knows that as long as you are operating in faith, I'm operating in faith, that, that we are unstoppable, we're undefeatable. And, and he can't steal the faith from you that Father God has given to you. So he's, he's trying desperately to, to neutralize it, to undermine it. And, and then I think one of the ways that he does that, neutralize, undermine, water it down, is for the word faith to mean so many things that to most people it means nothing. I mean, you, you hear this word thrown around, um, you know, in, in, in so many different ways, 
I mean, people who don't even know God, don't even believe in God, talk about faith. Got to keep the faith. You know, I mean, there's pop music written, uh, you know, and, and so it's, it's a word that is, you know, carries with it um, so many uh, different uh, ideas and connotations and, and things of this nature that when we come together as, as children of God and we start talking about faith, um, it, it, it's, it's very hard to, to zero in on exactly um, what we're talking about and, and, and what we mean, right? So again, I'm just trying to show you, I'm sitting here meditating on these things and, and the Holy Spirit is, is, is kind of guiding my thoughts and the questions that I'm asking. And, of course, I was familiar with a rose by any other name would still smell as sweet. But this is what the Holy Spirit, this is how he said it to me. He said, faith by any other name would still be the spiritual substance capable of releasing a force greater um, than any force of nature or darkness. What time is it? Oh, my goodness. Yowza. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm not sorry, but I'm, I didn't realize. Okay. Let me see where we are. Um, we're in the top fourth of page two. <laughs> Amen. All right. Let me, let me just finish this one thought and we'll pray and go home, okay? Are y'all all right? Sweet Jesus. Amen. All right. I got to be up at 3.30 in the morning, so I don't know if anybody here has got to be up earlier than me, so, but we're going to be good. Amen. All right. You still with me? So faith by any other name would still be Because when we say faith, what are we talking about? We're talking about a spiritual substance that Father God, our Creator, has measured out and shared with us that He has given to us. And it's a spiritual substance that is capable of releasing a spiritual force greater than any force of nature or darkness. This, this This is what faith is, right? This is, remember we described the rose and we said we could call it anything else, but that's the rose, okay? So we could call it anything else. Let's call it, let's call it, um, let's call it immuna. Let's, let's call it pistis, okay? Right? What's immuna? What's pistis? That's the Hebrew word for faith. It's the Greek word for faith, right? Those are the original language words for faith, okay? But what if we said immuna or pistis instead of faith? Faith carries with it so many different ideas and concepts that its true meaning is lost on most. God himself has shared a measure of his immuna with you. Praise God. Or God himself has shared a measure of his pistis with you. Wow, you might ask, what is this immuna? What is this pistis that God has shared with me? It is the supernatural substance God Himself used to create the universe. And He shared it with you. It's in you right now. Now again, I'm just, if you could read my notes, I'm going to read it literally. Are you ready? Are you excited yet? Right? Because we should be getting excited about this, right? That's what the Holy Spirit says. Are you excited yet? I'm, I'm, I'm getting excited, right? Now, from here we go back to Romans 12, 3. God has shared with every person a measure of the spiritual substance He used to create the world. 
1 John 5, 4 is true because God said it, and if God said it, it's true. But do you see the tie-in here? If God has given to every person, right, let me go back to it. <clears throat> if God has shared with every person a measure of the spiritual substance He used to create the world, do you see now why that spiritual substance inside of us gives us the ability to overcome the world? <laughs> 1 John 5, 4, this is the victory that has over, and whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. This means every person has been given a measure of the spiritual substance that makes all things possible. Think about that. Think about that. Now, stand with me, I'm finishing. I'm not finishing, but I'm coming to a stopping point. Let's say it that way. All right. <clears throat> How is it that God could trust us with something this powerful? Think about that for a minute now. I'm going to say it again. By faith, we understand God framed the world. He, right? So, Inside of you is a measure of the spiritual substance that God used to create the world, create the universe. So powerful is this substance that if you learn how to operate in it, nothing will be impossible for you. All things will be possible for you. Nothing is unachievable. Okay? What was he thinking? Putting that kind of power in us. That kind of ability in us, right? So the gift came with conditions. The gift came with conditions. We'll talk about those conditions next week. I think I finally understand what it means. Faith works by love. Because if there's any other motive in your heart other than love, the spiritual substance that created the universe will not work in your heart. It's a governor. It's a safety. It's a, it's a default safety. Are you, are, you, are, you, are you seeing this, right? It, it's it, faith by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You see, faith won't work outside of what God has said. So he's able to entrust you and me with a measure of the spiritual substance that created the universe so that we can have victory in life, so that we can be born again, so that we can rule and reign in life and overcome the world and everything that's in it. But to protect it from malicious, vindictive, you know, falling, it's like it falling into the wrong hands, you know. Like, well, it... It won't work in a selfish heart. Father, you're good to us. We love you. Thank you for what you're helping us see and connect with and understand tonight. Thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit has been given to us to lead us and guide us into all truth. And I thank you, Lord, that you're teaching us about faith and teaching us uh, about overcoming doubt. You're teaching us about this this spiritual substance, this immuna, this pistis that you've put inside of us, Father. But alongside that, you're also teaching us how to 
to hear from you and how to uh, experience you and your word and your Holy Spirit in our lives. So we thank you for it. Father, as we go about the rest of our weeks, we pray that our lights would so shine before men that they see our good works. Glorify you in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, thank you all so much for being here tonight. Thank you for joining in online. Um, I know that these are unique times and days in which we're living, but uh, thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Amen. All right, you be blessed. Tell somebody around you good things coming.